Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. I am Leif Hetland, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I have this great honor of having a spiritual son, a friend, somebody I admire and I've known for many, many years, Mike Polemus, who is the lead pastor at the Rock Church in Castle Rock. And he's married to Christy. They have three amazing children together. And I'm very, very excited that we have been able to run together and walk together, cry together, laugh together, to do life together, because we believe that uh, the alignment comes before the assignment, the relationship goes before the responsibility. Mike, welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. Thank you, Papa Leif. It's really great to be here with you. (laughs) I always love talking to you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought about we could just start because you, you were with me. Your dad has been with me in the past a few times, uh, quite a few times to Pakistan, and you were with me on the last trip. What were some of the things that you experienced on that trip? What were some of the life lessons or things that that that, that God did? Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I realized when I was over there is actually uh, the position of sonship. Yeah. And, and how beautiful it is. As I came in, as you are, uh, I call you Papa Leif, you're a spiritual father to me, and um, I've been that way for a number of years, and even more so, I would say, as I've stepped into a leadership role at the church and over the past seven years here. Um, but uh, as, as we, when we went to, over to Pakistan, my first time over there, and uh, I had heard all the amazing things, um, but to actually experience it and see see how you created and established a family over there with these, uh, with these Muslims and, and different, different sects and groups that, that are over there. Um, it was beautiful to see how you have established that relationship. And then as I stepped in as a son, what took you 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, I've heard the stories of uh, how you weren't necessarily accepted as family right away in a lot of these relationships. Uh, but I stepped in immediately as a son into a family and was accepted uh, and had the relationship instantaneously, something that would have taken me 10, 20, 30 years to build, uh, I got to receive overnight. And, and what I was just seeing is that in that same way as when we become, when we understand our position is sonship, we get to step into things that the father has for us. Uh, that he's established for us. We don't have to strive for them. We get them. We get them right away. And so it was just this beautiful uh, uh, understanding that I got to experience. I mean, you hear it, you read about it. I mean, (laughs) you know, you write a lot about it, Papa Leif, but but to actually experience it was just uh, experiential knowledge is much greater than the knowledge that you get from a book. And, uh, and I, I experienced it. It was beautiful. And I, I saw just the, the unmerited favor that you have over there. Um, I, what I think, and, and I'm not trying to pump you up. I just, I, I love to, to, I loved watching you over there in your element. And um, even at times where, Travel was tough. I remember we, when we traveled over, uh, you had no sleep. Uh, we get over there and we meet with the Grand Imam and uh, we go right into the King's Mosque and, and immediately everything shifts and where you're tired, exhausted, uh, it's like the, you, the Holy Spirit just comes on you and you move in a, you moved in a totally different way. And, uh, and it's, it's not relying on your own ability, it's relying on him just as a son, watching you position yourself as a son to the father. And as I'm watching you, uh, it was just beautiful to watch. So I think that to me was one of the greatest impacts that I had over there, seeing you in your element, uh, but moving by the spirit and and allowing the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and empower you. Uh, And in the moment, you knew exactly what to say. You'd be in situations you didn't know how it was going to go. Um, and, and just, you would move by the spirit and, and it was so powerful to see the impact that was happening over there. And I know the Lord's moving in mighty ways and using you in Pakistan and Afghanistan and that region, uh, to impact hundreds of thousands of lives over there, millions. (laughs) So, yeah. 
No, that's awesome. awesome. And it was such an honor to have you with me. And, I, and even for some of the people that are watching, and I'm trying to be very careful because I know you're very humble, but uh, Mike himself was in the marketplace, uh, actually ran and was leading multi-billion dollar uh, projects, uh, I mean, building literally cities. And then uh, God called Mike, first of all, to come and serve his dad, first Papa God, but serve his dad. And then I mean, if you wanted to call what would look like a downgrade in the natural, and then I have watched you both, the shift that is taking place in your life, uh, but even to watch how you position yourself as a son to me, but also watching how you become, both you and Chris become such a father and mother and the whole family paradigm at the Rock Church has been incredible. And the uniqueness is very interesting. I've probably taken... I would say maybe 80 to 100 people to Pakistan with me. But it was something unique about you because I, I've recognized that I've often said it both to you and public about you is that you have this Joseph anointing. I mean, you have a lot of anointings, but there's this Joseph thing and favor with Pharaoh. But I saw that also when I came over there. You didn't mm -hmm. have to say a whole lot, but I could see from the granny mom to Shia leaders and other ones, just the way they related to you being the first time you were there. And that's also seeing in the favor with God and favor with men you have. And I've seen that on the local level from school boards to city councils to the poor to the rich to different people, the way that you honor people, the way you love people, but also the uncommon favor. And I saw that was being also displayed that I probably have never seen in anybody else on that level. And even now I have people, it was the only time you were over there, but people say, hey, we'll... Will Pastor Mike come with you again? And I mean, this is key Muslim leaders that it took years. So I just wanted to say that there's something very special about who you are and what you're carrying. And especially when some of those key strategic governmental leaders, Muslim leaders, they recognize it and they are able to see it. Uh, I thought about just talking a little bit. You have navigated now a pretty large church in the middle of COVID, racial tension, and a lot of the different things that is happening here from inflation. And we could just make a list of all the issues that has been going on yeah. in the middle of it. And I've used you as a model to a lot of key leaders. You have been one watching you that probably has been navigating this the best of anyone that I've ever seen. So what has been some of the ways that you have been able to navigate all the tensions that is going out there and uh, I just uh, interviewed Greg, who's also on my board together with you, Greg Haswell. And for him, because seeking the kingdom has been his thing. And he gone into the secret place so that he have some secrets in the middle of all of this stuff that's going on. So he gave me a couple of keys. But what has been some of your keys? How, as a leader, how have you and Christy been able to navigate and also even with the people that are struggling so much and a whole country that is inflamed? What are some other keys? Oh, boy. I think it was the, the COVID pastoral guide that did it for me. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you write that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think what we did was interesting. When, when COVID hit, there were some things. Um, we just went in immediately to a time of, of prayer and, and fasting. And I remember just, it was a beautiful time. We didn't realize what we were doing. And we kept saying, we don't know where we're going. We've never been this way before. Um, some things that happened, I mean, the Lord, one of the things he said to me is, don't go back to the drug of Sunday morning services. And, um, and, I, and I think, I know it's a hard statement, but it was something that uh, really hit home in that sometimes we get sucked into this Sunday morning service or the Saturday night service and that this is what church is and and this is really to be the overflow of what the body of Christ is to be doing day in and day out and um, so we uh, <laughs> that all I all we did was as we as we would get into these times of prayer and fasting the Lord would begin to show us uh, kind of next step and he never we never had a vision of where we were going. It was just, what are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do this week? And uh, and I, we've gone back and kind of looked at things, and it's amazing. I'm like, we would have never gone this way, uh, but the Lord did it. And he, in 2020, uh, when COVID kind of hit, what we did is um, we opened up our services. We had services, and we felt like we needed to meet, but 
it was it was shorter meetings. And so when people were like, yes, we're so excited to be in the church, I'm like, we're actually going to go out of the church. And we went into the streets. And so I said, I'm kicking everybody out um, for a different reason. And we're going to go minister on the streets, every single one of us. And and what I realized is, I think, as a pastor, too, is the immediate response was, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to go out and pray for people and minister to people. And and I kind of look and I go, oh, dear Lord, what happened? Like, this is what we're this is what we as pastors are supposed to do. We're supposed to, as the fivefold ministry, to train and equip for the work of the ministry. And so um, it, we just began to go out and do it. And it was it was one of the most beautiful things to see. Um, this is what we realized. This is how we represent Jesus. We represent and we're ambassadors of Christ when we go out into the streets. I, I just I pulled up this verse in Matthew 5. It says, we're to be a light to the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So what I was saying, you know, that song we sing, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> uh, but we don't let it shine. We hide it inside, a, inside the church walls and we have our church services and then we go about our week and then come back and go, I can't wait for church. Um, church is to be seven days a week outside ministering on the streets, discipling, training, equipping. And uh, so that's what we did. And what we saw is when we did gather um, in on Sunday, there was a greater presence. God began to move in amazing ways. He began to give us strategies uh, on how to reach people in different ways. We've we partnered with uh, with our county here um, in a, in amazing ways. Uh, I want to be careful what I say publicly, uh, but but we just with as we say yes to the things that the Lord puts on our heart. What I see is this is that favor. Uh, that rests upon us. It's his grace that rests upon us. So it's no longer our own abilities. It's his strength and his grace and his power moving in and through us. And we went from helping just a small number of people to helping thousands of people with uh, over a million dollars of funds um, that in partnership with the county to, uh, and, and and as we're using government funds, we actually got to preach the gospel and see so many people come into the kingdom. We got to love people and, and tangibly with, with help and then, and then see them come into the kingdom. And I was saying, I think over the past two years, we've seen um, well over a thousand people uh, come into the kingdom, except the Lord, um, which is way more than we've ever seen uh, in, in a you know, a, <laughs> a year's time. So, and then on top of that, the healings, the miraculous signs and wonders, um, people where you grab their hands and say, cry out to the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden they can walk. They haven't walked in seven years, broken bones, uh, people with broken uh, uh, rib bones that can't breathe all of a sudden instantly healed completely. Uh, we've, we've probably seen blind eyes open right here in Castle Rock. Uh, in the little town of Castle Rock, <laughs> um, I, I don't know, over a hundred uh, just miraculous uh, healings in the hospitals. Uh, went up to one person, just grabbed their hand and said, call in the name of Jesus. They were a Muslim and uh, they called in the name of Jesus, took off their, their, uh, their boot that they had and their crutches and began to dance right in the foyer of the hospital. Um, so what we're seeing is as we say yes to him, he moves in amazing power. We begin to see revival happen. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I've watched this. And it's interesting because I know it's a, it can be challenged to some of the people, but most pastors are interested in the seating capacity. And mm -hmm. I've watched you see in the sending capacity. We're not going to see how many can come, but how many we can send. And I watched that shift taking place, even with the Rock Church. If anyone goes to Castle Rock, you will see it's a humongous, beautiful church. I mean, it's a mega church, 
beautiful 20 uh, back in those days it cost almost 20 million dollars to build it it's worth much more with a big land and in the middle of that place now to see that a place that typically would be how many can we get you're saying how many can we give and how many can we send and that big shift and, and then to hear the stories and the testimony and i think it is also going to be a testimony for that's part of the reason we're even doing this interview for so many that are out there they just don't know even what they're missing by by just seeing what we can get but we end up as a dead sea in the end while the wool out there is waiting for that river the ones that is thirsty come and drink and then rivers will start to flow from our innermost being and wherever the river goes there is healing and there is life and there's a lot of thirsty people out there today so that's uh, that's amazing tell me a little bit about because i know you're also creating a revival culture but i want to before that i have to i have to get you to share the coffee story that has hit me several times it is one of my favorite <laughs> Favorite story. I, I always say, Mike, tell the coffee story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll tie it to revival because I think this yeah. is what revival looks like. Um, revival doesn't happen by, by, um, by just, it, it does happen through prayer, <laughs> a prayer intercession, uh, seeking the face of God. But I'm telling you, if you're seeking the face of God, he's going to send you out. Uh, he's going to say, go. <laughs> he's not going to say, sit in this church and wait and just, and then, and then I'll just move inside your church. He may, he may say, sit, wait. And then when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then go get out of the church. But if we don't have that mindset to go, we're going to sit in the church and go, wow, this is amazing. I'm experiencing the presence of God. And he goes, not, not in the church, <laughs> get outside the doors. So uh, one of the things we did as we started going out into the streets, we realized, man, having food is really valuable. And, and so we would take food out on the streets. And then what we did is we started to build this food bank. And I remember when COVID hit again, it was one of those things. We opened it up the first week, we had this little tiny food bank. And first week, we got cleaned out, it was almost gone. And uh, I remember one of our pastors called me. And uh, she said, uh, what do you want me to do? We don't have enough food to sustain this. If I if we do this one more week, we're going to be completely wiped out of food. And so, you know, our, our initial thought was, well, we better hold on to some of it and kind of just, you know, we'll slowly distribute it. And I said, let me just pray. And as soon as we prayed, it took two seconds. The Lord's like, what do you think? Like, Give it all out. <laughs> like <laughs> my supply is limitless. So I, I called her right back. I said, Give it all away. We'll figure it out. The Lord will provide. And uh, this is kind of cool. Two hours later, I get a call from our county and they said, we've just been, um, talking through this with our, these were the county commissioners. And they said, um, we just feel like we want to, we wanted to fund your food bank. And uh, they didn't even ask us. They just said, hey, we put a large amount of money. I won't say what. We put a large amount of money into your account. We, we wired the money into your account. Two hours after we prayed about it and said, no, we're going to give it all away. Uh, we had this large amount of money that was funded by the county for the food bank. So that started this thing. So now we have this food bank and we're continuing in these times every month, we're praying and fasting. We would set these times aside and the Lord would show us what he was teaching, what he was gonna teach us in these times. And uh, one of them where we were doing this, the Lord said, I'm gonna teach you about kingdom resources and how, how you're gonna tap into kingdom resources and not try to do things from a worldly standpoint. And so we were praying, we're on the second day of praying and fasting, Have our, we've got our whole staff team in there, we've got 40, 50 people in there, just seeking the Lord. And, um, and I, same, same uh, pastor lady with, who's over there, our food bank, her name's Lindy, an amazing woman, she, uh, she, um, she goes, hey, we need, we need to get some coffee. Oh, no, I was saying this, I'm sorry. I was saying we need to get some coffee uh, for this coffee machine that we just had so we can give out coffee. Um, somebody had donated this beautiful coffee machine. And so we said, well, let's, instead of buying coffee, let's, uh, let's just pray for it. Let's ask the Lord for it. So we, we got together, just the two of us. We said, Lord, we're in the middle of this prayer and fasting. You said, you're going to show us about kingdom resources. Lord, would you give us the coffee that we need? Um, not thinking anything of it. And uh, <laughs> two hours later, again, it was like just right after she calls me and she goes, um, you're not going to believe this, uh, but we, you got the coffee that we prayed for. Uh, she goes, the problem is, is we don't have enough room in our church for this coffee. 
Now we have a big church. We have a 50,000 square foot facility. So I go, I go, what do you mean we don't have enough room for this coffee? She goes, well, this group out of California, I've never met them before, never heard of them. They, they reached out to us right after we prayed and they said, we have coffee that we want to bring to you. Uh, we heard you're a food bank. Can you take this coffee? And uh, she goes, well, how much is it? They said, well, it's 10 pallets of coffee. <laughs> now, uh, and I said, well, can we take just one? And she goes, no, it's all or nothing. <laughs> They're coming out here with a semi. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, again, we realize this is two hours after we asked for coffee and we we have a semi coming out now. And I said, yes, we'll take it. We'll take 10 pallets of coffee. And when it got here, we realized this wasn't just old coffee. This was, it was Starbucks coffee. It was K-Cups from Starbucks. It was Seattle's best. It was, it was amazing coffee. And we were able to get this out and distribute it across Colorado to thousands of homes, to schools, to, to, uh, um, to teachers, and to everyone who got it. They got to know about Jesus. We got to share Jesus and pray, uh, pray for these individuals. And so it was, it was just a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, and that, that food bank has been, I would say, when we talk about revival, that's a key aspect that we see kingdom resources. Every time we pray now, we'll be like, oh man, we need, we need meat. Um, we were asking the Lord for, for more meat. Uh, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah. we, we, had, uh, we got a call, another random call, um, and uh, another group. Uh, called Convoy of Hope, they they called us and said, hey, we have a uh, 20,000 pounds of meat that we want to give you. And uh, again, we don't have, we didn't have the room for 20,000 pounds of meat, but we said, okay, we'll take it. They get here and they said, well, we messed up. It's actually 42,000 pounds of meat. It was, it was 20 pallets of meat that we had to distribute uh, in a matter of a day because it's frozen food and we didn't have a freezer. And so I'm calling around asking, does anyone know where we can, or about how we can get freezers or what we can do? And we had somebody immediately call back and said, they said, I don't know about freezers, but I've got a credit card. Uh, we now have a 12 foot by 21 foot, eight foot tall walk-in fridge freezer that we have set in the middle of our foyer of our church uh, for our food bank. We've turned our classroom <laughs> into warehouse space. We have now anywhere between 60 to 80,000 pounds of food that is being distributed. Um, we're now helping about four to five other food banks across Colorado uh, to establish their food banks, but in a way that every person that comes in to get food gets prayed for and they get to know about Jesus. And so- Just, just let me stop there for a second. I, <laughs> I get so excited here, but because I think it's very unique. You have watched me also, of course, both in the Middle East, because I love this. We are not compromising with Jesus. People think even when I'm in Moscow, I'm in Islamic University, and even with you guys there, when you get this favor, you constantly are bringing glory to Jesus because we know a lot of time, hey, if you do this, but water down this Jesus, move Jesus out of it, but I watched you. You said, no, 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 no. We, we're bringing Jesus into this. It is his good news. It is, it is about him instead of about us. And so how have you been able to do that? Because most places, when they're getting this uncommon favor, they usually comes with strings attached that says, you need to move. This is a social thing, but we don't want this. Jesus can offend people. So just give them food, but no Jesus. But you give them both both food and Jesus and healing, spirit, soul, and body. You're meeting all needs. So tell me about yeah. that. Well, for years at here at The Rock, we, we would give out money. We would help people in need. And, uh, and that's how we operated. We felt like, well, we just, you know, we don't want to push it too hard. We'll just help them and maybe pray for them and bless them. And, um, and I, I don't know, I don't remember exactly when it hit me, but the Lord hit me. <laughs> <laughs> right and said, "What are you doing? You're not sharing my son." And um, so that's when everything began to change. I think it was around 2018, uh, and then really hit in 2019. And then that's when I, I, my response now to our team, we've got a great team, but I tell them, if we do not share Jesus with every person that receives a check, as we're giving out over a million dollars in funds, um, as we're giving out. 
thousands of pounds of food. If we do not share Jesus with every single person, then I will shut this system down. We will shut it down tomorrow. I don't care how much humanitarian help we do. Um, not that, I mean, my heart is to help in that way, but if we're just doing that and we're not sharing Jesus, and I don't mean just praying for people and going, let me just pray a blessing over you, but actually giving them an invitation to know who Jesus is, uh, then, then we're wasting our time because we're, they're going to, they're going to walk out of here and go back right into the place they were and not know the very source of life. <laughs> and I think it, it should be that kind of overflow of the this fountain of life that we have within us and if it's not within us then we need to get into that secret place we need to go get it we need to understand who this place of sonship that we have of who we are and then it should flow out with every person that we talk to we should be sharing jesus i i, I don't wherever i am if i'm um <laughs> getting gas, if I'm at the grocery store, if people are coming in, whatever they're coming in for, I'll stop and just share Jesus with them. Because it's, it may be that moment where the Lord's going to just move on their heart. And, and this is what I've seen, is when you share Jesus, he backs it up with power. I've seen so many, this is where the miraculous healings come in. So many things. It doesn't come and I think we expect the Lord to like, here, you move. And then when that happens, then I'll share, then I'll share about Jesus. No, just, just share the love of Jesus and don't do it in a, you don't have to blast him. Share it from your, from your heart of who this person is in your life. Uh, I'll tell you a real quick story. I was, I, we pray for people every Saturday, they come into the food bank and uh, there was a guy that came in and this is this passion that I have now. It's like gotten so strong. It kind of scares me. Um, but a guy came in and he's sitting in his car and he's, we're getting food for him. We're loading up his, uh, his car with food and, uh, and I'm telling him about Jesus and he's struggling. And I'm like, man, like you can, this life can change you. This you're supposed to have an abundant life, this fear, this anxiety, all these things I prayed for him. And he began to experience like the presence of God. And I'm like, you need Jesus. And, uh, I told him about Jesus. I said, do you want to know him today? Do you want to do you want to say yes to a beginning of, of a walk in a relationship with him? And he goes, ah, you know, let me think about it. I'm just not quite ready. And, and I don't know what came over me, but I reached in the car. I grabbed his head and I turned it towards me. And I said, no, you need to know him now. <laughs> this, is that, this is that heart's position that we would love people so much that we would not let them get away. It's like, we're not going to let them fall off that cliff. Mm. We're going to tell them about Jesus and telling them about Jesus and getting them to know Jesus is not having them say a prayer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a discipleship walk with Jesus. We don't just go, we'll say this prayer. You're good. See you later. Uh, we get to walk with them. And the fun part about the food bank is they're here every Saturday. And now people are coming in, they're coming to church now a lot tell of the people, tell me the results about the person there. What did he finally did it did it help the second round or did he, it won't, he it won't after? Come up. no I'm still he's there it was it's just that seed that's been planted that was a couple yeah. weeks ago I just saw him on Saturday again this Saturday I don't miss a Saturday by the way yeah. um, I know I hear like sometimes senior pastors are going well I just don't have time to do this I, I'll tell you you don't have time not to do it. Um, these are the things that sharpen me, that keep me just like in a place of, of living the life that we're called to live. Uh, and uh, so I, I'm there every Saturday praying with these people. So yeah, this guy came back through this past Saturday <laughs> and, uh, and I got to just pray, pray with him again. So into that again, I didn't grab his head this time. I could tell he was a little more cautious, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and there's times, I mean, I've, I've had people come through 10, 12 times. And then finally, they're like, yeah, today's the day I want to accept Jesus. And, um, but now these people are accepting Christ and then they're coming in and they're working the food bank. And so we've got, we've got people that started by getting food and now they're in helping with the food bank. They're serving others. They're coming out and praying with others. And they're like, let me tell you my testimony. <laughs> and uh, so this is that, Fathers and mothers, I feel like we're to raise up these sons and daughters 
so that they can be fathers and mothers to raise up sons and daughters. And this is oh, that beautiful. kingdom family that we, we talk about. Yeah, and by the way, since you mentioned kingdom family, for anyone that is going to watch this or listen to this, uh, we have our kingdom family gathering, and it, it, it's going to be about unity and this whole love awakening that is coming. And it's going to be at Castle Rock. So there you have an opportunity to be there, to see for yourself. Perhaps you even have a, maybe have a chance to minister some of the people, to love on some people. Hopefully we have some time to, to practice love out loud while we are there. Because nobody should eat more than what they're exercising because we know what happens to them. So I just also want to challenge you to come and sign up for this incredible this is our kingdom family gathering where the family, our families are coming in unity together uh, because that's how the world is going to see who we are by the way we love one another. And then there's this love awakening where everybody's going to know how good Papa God is and how loved they are to have an encounter with a God that looks like Jesus. And that's what I'm uh, hearing you, Pastor Mike, so beautifully describing. Uh, I don't know if you know that you are contagious. This love virus in you is very contagious. There's no fear that can 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 withhold this love virus and you're spreading it it's spreading around the state of colorado tell me a little bit about and by the way how can people sign up i know they can sign up on my website and what are the dates for the love awakening yeah it's april 7th through the 9th uh so it's a thursday through saturday uh and then actually wednesday night we'll have a special night of just worship uh yeah, and it's going to be Papa Leif's going to be there, Heidi Baker, Paul Yadao, which is another spiritual son to uh, uh, to Papa Leif and uh, amazing man out in the Philippines. Uh, and then, and then the of course Jennifer Hetland, uh, who's going to be there as well. And, Mama and, Jen, yeah. If you if you haven't heard Mama Jen, oh my goodness, she's amazing, and she just she'll hit you right in the gut, and she won't apologize for it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that is so beautiful so if you if you want to be hit in the gut come that's, yes that's uh, right <laughs> yeah that's and you right. can go you can go to the rock.org no. uh, and it's right on our homepage as well so um and just click on that the the love awakening and uh and and open it up and sign up there now it's going to be very excited i i sensing even in the spirit that there's a whole new birthing taking place in this season it's almost like we've been pregnant for very long, but there's some birthing taking place. The water is about to break. And I see a lot of the dreams and visions that people have carried. And they didn't even know they were carrying it, a lot of them. And there was even people that wanted to abort it because they've been so uncomfortable in this season. But I felt that in the middle of this glory, God is going to birth destiny that has been in the identity of sons and daughters. And creation right now is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of where are the sons, where are the daughters, for that to be revealed. And that's what we're going to see even after we're finished there to be able to see throughout the country and around the world. I'm heading to Cuba on Monday morning, and I know Yazir and Aki will come in from Cuba joining us, and there's other people coming in from different parts of the world joining us for this event. So this is, even the international family are coming together. And uh, so it's, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited to, this is one of the highlights of my year is to coming to the rock and just doing life together. Yeah. Oh, it's every year. It's just a whole nother level of um, <laughs> what it is, is it's family. We're seeing, yeah. um, and the beautiful part, I mean, you guys are coming in, that's family, Heidi's family, Paul's family. Um, but then also it's churches from all over Colorado coming yeah. in, pastors uh, partnering together, uh, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things, even as it's called Unite 2022, it's, it's about bringing the church together. And uh, we're in a season where we can't afford uh, to be alone in this. We can't, we can't do this as, as separate churches. Uh, there is such a oneness that he's calling us to in this time. So, yeah, I love so much partnering with all these churches and pastors across Colorado. I, I, I don't want to say names here, but I have such close friends that are senior pastors of churches that I would, I told them, I'll, you can have the rock, you can have all the resources here, you can have everything that we have to do the kingdom work that you're doing. I just, I'd lay my life down for these guys. Uh, they're amazing men of God who have such a heart for the kingdom and not just for their churches to build up their churches. It is so beautiful. What God is. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's just so beautiful. I watched you living that and I watch, I know who you are talking about. 
And so I also know the same people and uh, I have the honor of being in relationship with many of them. And over the years, it's just growing. And But I wanted you to share a little bit also about your vision, both for the state and for the country and for the world. I mean, you, you're a big dreamer. And I know before you came to, it, it looks like for people, wow, you're passing on this church. But when you see what you came from and what you were involved with before you became a pastor. And now God is giving you what a vision and a dream, his dream and his vision for a state and for a nation and for the world. So share a little bit about the 400 and some of how that came about and where is things at in that journey. Uh, I know that COVID has been in the middle of it, but you still continue to keep your eyes on the Father and, and, and unifying his body. Yeah, you know, this there's, there's a vision that uh, the Lord just gave me back in 2019. Uh, we had a at Red Rocks. If you know what Red Rocks is, it's a beautiful location where they uh, they had concerts, and um, so we had a large concert there called Worship on the Rocks. And uh, the Lord just gave me a vision there of this. It's calling it the 400 gathering of 400 pastors, uh, and then leaders and intercessors and people coming together. But this is 400 churches coming together to to really lay down their church for the greater purpose of the kingdom. Um, actually, I brought, I just pulled it up here. The, uh, so this is what the Lord had said. He says, he's asking for those who say yes to partner together in a way that they are laying down the agenda and of building or maintaining their church for the greater purpose of building his church through the unity of the body and seeing the giftings of each church used to strengthen other churches. And so we have been meeting together. What's funny is um, for Colorado, uh, the governor really shut things down on March 16th, 2020. We had set up March 16th, 2020 as the first day of the 400 gathering. <laughs> and, uh, and so that, and, and they canceled it or they shut it down on the 15th. They shut it down for the 16th. And so we had to technically cancel our meeting. In spite of that, we still had 45 pastors and leaders join together. After we canceled it, 45 still came and, and we gathered together and we prayed and we sought the Lord for three hours. We were there. Um, and that's what kicked off the 400 gathering. Since then, we have over now, uh, I would say, 100 churches that have that have participated in this. And um and what we're looking for, the, felt like the Lord said there are 400 that are going to join together. So we're in this process right now of, and the Lord said these things. He said, the key to this is extensive prayer, fasting, worship together, and seeking my face. So we don't, so we'll gather together maybe every other month. And we, every, I mean, people come in from all over Colorado. And uh, we, all we do is seek the Lord's face. And for three hours, it's the most beautiful time. And he just leads it. Uh, there's no agenda. There's no plan other than we worship, seek his face. People get revelation. They're getting prophetic words, things, and we leave so strengthened as the body of Christ. Um, and the second part of this vision, which is really cool, is the Lord said this. He goes, once the unity is established, there's going to be a gathering uh, in the Bronco Stadium, which is at the point when the Lord gave me this, the week before it had just been changed, the name of, of the Bronco Stadium had been changed to Empower Field. And I, I think that's prophetic. <laughs> it is prophetic. Wow. Uh, but it was basically the Lord said that um, we're going to experience as we do this, as we gather together, there's going to be repentance of heart, signs and miracles, great demonstrations of the, of the power of the, of the Spirit, people getting out of wheelchairs, raised from the dead, like all these things are, we feel like the Lord said, these are going to happen, but it's not going to come from like bringing in big names or people. It's all going to be because of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So people are not coming for, for names. It's not like we have to have big names on there to bring people in. It's just Jesus. And so it's the body of Christ. It's churches coming together and doing this together as one. So I'm excited. My heart's so stirred. I know it's in his perfect timing. I would love to see it happen tomorrow, uh, but it's, I'm learning patience and, uh, and it's, it's about just oneness with him and then oneness with each other. And so sometimes it takes a little while to grow these things in our hearts. I just wanted to add, because I know you're a lead pastor. You're still even on the board of some marketplace. 
husband, father, you're leading that movement, you're feeding the poor, I mean, you're out there ministering, you're doing all these different things. And I know pastors are busy, it's not just pastors, most of us are very busy. But I know that you still have a spiritual discipline, I know that you still go into the secret place. Being a spiritual papa, being your friend, I've watched your life and so many things I admire about you. And one is, I'm talking about spiritual discipline is one of them. But I've just seen that you have, that you're taking time to going into the secret place. You're taking the time to seek him and pursue him. And uh, there's an element that I've seen with you in regard to looking at his face before you look anywhere else. And I've watched the transformation of your own face as you're looking at his face in the way you're looking at everything else. So I wanted you just to help because myself, I'm wrestling with this. Just there's so much always going on. And, and then how to still conti continue to go lower so we can go higher, to continue going into the secret place and never try to operate out of the flesh, but making sure we are wise virgins that have oil on our lamps in this season. So how are you able to do that with all the things you are juggling, but somehow you're making the main thing, the main thing in the middle of it. And that is something... I admire from you. I started crying. Wow. I, know, I know you're making me cry. <laughs> well, Papa Leif, I, I, uh, I mean, first off, I, I humbly say I, I don't do this uh, as well as I should. I mean, I, I know I mess up all the time. Uh, first off, I'd love his grace. I love how good our, our father is. I love how good Jesus is. And and, uh, and I know, I think the thing for me is um, I don't feel like I have the talent. Um, I'm not like to be a pastor, to be this. Uh, it's not what I signed up for. It's not what I planned on doing. Again, as you said, like I was, I'm a civil engineer. Uh, I did, I was the vice president of a company in Houston. I, uh, I was good at that. And when the Lord said, no, I want you to lay this down and come do this. I was like, but God, I don't know how to do that. This isn't what I'm good at. And uh, I think what we got to realize is this is what, when the Lord gives us assignments, he also, he usually gives us assignments in things that we can't do on our own. <laughs> he always gives us things that we can't do on our own because we're never meant to do it on our own. And, and I think for me, it's kept me in this place of humility because I can't do it on my own. And, and, I, and now I'm at the point, I don't want to do it on my own. So uh, even in the midst of all the busyness, what I realize is there's times where I just shut everything down. I'll have meetings with people or things that I have to do. And at the end of the day, I just don't care. And it's not that I don't love people and I don't care about people, but I just shut it down. And I'm like, I'm sorry, uh, it's not gonna happen. I'm going to go in the prayer room and I'm going to spend the next three hours on my face before the Lord. And, uh, and that's my only strength. That's my only life. That's my only way I get direction. And, uh, and if I lose those times, if I get busy and caught up in all the things that I'm doing, I realize that it's, it's, it goes back to my own abilities, my own strength. And I just begin to dive bomb again. I, and I, and so that's that I have to run back into that place. And, uh, it's my favorite place. And I just, I set myself apart from the things of this world for me. And it's not, this is, I'm not, this isn't to, I just, I don't watch TV. Um, I rarely watch a movie, <laughs> you know, sometimes with our kids or something. I don't, um, I don't read a lot of books. I barely read any books other than read any of my books. I'm just, I, I've read your books. <laughs> <laughs> but but I can probably tell you in the last five years, I've read 10 books, maybe, maybe 10 books. Um, but I read this book yeah. every day and I, and I have to read this book every day. This is my manna. This is what I, where I get life and, uh, and revelation and, and life. I love your books. I, I want to say though, I feel like sometimes people take, take books and use them to gain revelation and, uh, and I'm like, if, if the Bible isn't the, the source of your revelation, if it isn't the source of your light and of your life, um, it's, you're, going to, you're going to eventually get off track. You're going to miss it. Because every book that's written, although books are amazing, uh, they're not 100% accurate. <laughs> it's just based on, it's the revelation that we have, and it's secondhand revelation that you're getting. When you, get, when you read from this book, 
It is life. It is truth. And it reveals the heart of God. And then what I love is now when I read a book, it aligns. And like when I read Papa Leif's book, it's so good because it aligns with the word and the, and the spirit will use things and it'll bring things back to, to the source, back to this. Uh, this is the compass that we have that, that lines us up. And so, um, yeah, my, my heart, though, I feel like for I'll just if I can say this one thing is in our lives, we cannot have a plan B that doesn't have a complete dependence upon the Holy Spirit. On Sunday morning, even preaching, getting up and having a, I think sometimes what we do as pastors and as leaders, and we do this regardless of what position you're in, is we try to have our plan in case the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. And so we'll have a, a message, we'll have our things ready and prepared. And I'm at the point in my life where I do not want to have anything prepared in case the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. I don't want to have a plan B. I want one plan. And, and now, even in our services, I mean, we're having three, four-hour services. We're seeing the presence of God move like never before. I don't know, Papa Leif, if you heard, we, it rained in the middle of our sanctuary. Uh, for about five minutes at, at the end, it was a four hour service and, and everybody was laid out on the front. We were just our faces to the ground. People were weeping and crying. And all of a sudden, and that morning, beginning of the morning, I said, I feel like there's a balloon in this room, a weight of like a water balloon in this room. And I feel like it's about to burst. And three hours and 45 minutes into the service, it began to rain. It was an area maybe about three, four feet wide, rain in the middle of the sanctuary. And it rained for five or 10 minutes and then it stopped. And uh, I just say that to say, what we're, we're not looking for manifestations. I don't care if it rains or if it doesn't, it's beautiful. I'm look, we're looking for the presence of God. We're looking for that thing, that what is going to transform our lives and change us into becoming more like him. I don't want anything else. I don't want, I don't want knowledge and understanding that just puffs me up. I want to have that, that presence of God that actually transforms me from the inside that I look like Jesus, that I become more like him. It's the only way I be, that I can become like him. And that's my heart's desire. I think that's the thing that as God created us for this longing to be like him because we're created to be like him. And it's by his spirit that he transforms us into his likeness. Wow. Now, let me just remind everyone that is out there that the father, he loves you just the way you are. But he refuses for you to stay that way because he wants you to be just like Jesus. Yeah. So holy, holy spirit, we just thank you for Jesus. And I even... Uh, Sensing just a hunger, a thirst. But it's beautiful, a life to be in Christ, and Christ in us, the hope mm. of glory. A life of total abiding. The Father, even in this season, on John 15, as there's pruning. In our lives, we welcome the pruning because the purpose of the pruning is so that we can carry and bear more fruit. But you are the wine and we are just the branches. We ask that your very life is going to flow, flow out of us. Thank you for the words that we have heard today and how it is bringing life, how it's creating appetite, how our palates is just sensing that we want to taste. And we want to see how good you are. We want the world out there to experience a God just like Jesus. Why could you just pray a blessing over the people that are listening? I'm just sensing I feel there's a mixture of the fear of the Lord at the same time. And I'm just sensing us being overwhelmed by him again so that nothing else can overwhelm us. Whoa. Yeah. Lord, I, I thank you for every person who's watching this right now. And I, I just feel like the first thing that it requires, and this is, sometimes people don't like this word, but it's the most beautiful word, is that place of repentance. And, and I go there all the time. <laughs> Lord, I repent, Lord, from the things of this world, from allowing the things of this world to, to, to distract me, uh, 
Lord, I, I want my eyes on Jesus. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that you say, and, and it's in Hebrews 12, that we would fix our eyes on Jesus. When we fix our eyes on him, that our eyes never come off of him. Lord, may everything we do, <laughs> there's nothing in life that actually requires that, that we would take our eyes off of Jesus. So Father, I pray that for every person, that we would fix our eyes on Jesus in this season. Lord, that place of repentance is that beautiful place where we actually turn from where we've been going in our own ways and that we would walk your way. The only way we know your way is when our eyes are on you. Lord, I pray that, that people would uh, have that, that you would give them that hunger and that thirst for more of you. Lord, it's those that hunger and thirst for you that, that you fill them. You say, that's your promise, that you would fill us with righteousness. Lord, I pray as, as we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we're filled with you. We're filled with Jesus. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. You, Lord, you fill us up to overflowing. So, Father, I, I thank you for a people in this season that will be consecrated, and that will be set apart unto you. The very words were, were Joshua, as they're crossing over into the promised land, it's the third day, they're on their way into the promised land, and Joshua says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Lord, may we set ourselves apart unto you, so that you can do amazing things among us. But I bless every person who's watching this. I pray that you would strengthen them, empower them, let them know the position of sonship that they have. Just as we started this, that, that they can come into this place. They have access to the fullness of the kingdom because of their position of sonship. Not, they don't have to strive for it. They get to walk in it and step into it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. I just wanted to encourage everyone that is watching, take this video, take this and just share it with some friends, share with somebody that is out there because for some people right now, it's going to bring life in this season. It's going to bring hope. It's going to bring expectation. It's going to create hunger. It's going to create a thirst. And we need that for us to be able to tap into this incredible living water that Jesus is offering and wants to give us. So I just bless the rest of your day and the rest, rest of your life. Double for your trouble in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Pastor Mike, and thank you for the Rock family for the way that you are both modeling, both family to me and to us, and then also just for allowing open up your home for us, the rest of the family, just to coming in there and, and celebrate Jesus together. Can't wait to see you in April. Yes. And love you. To Christy. Yes. <laughs> and to Mama Jen. Love you and uh, bless you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I just honored to be with you on this podcast. And uh, thank you that I just get to, I get to run with a, an amazing papa. So bless you and everyone who's watching online. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.